book, I gave a four and a half because... What? Yeah, no, I did not give it a five. I I'm couldn't shocked. give it a five, remember? No. I couldn't give it a five because I think I was expecting this booty time and I didn't get it. Um, and there were also a few... Welcome to the Novel Universe with Dawn and Ashley, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. And I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. everyone and welcome back to the novel universe with your hostesses ashley and dawn today we are going to be discussing our top 10 reads for the year 2020 each of these books we have podcasted about so we're going to link them in our show notes and you can listen to each of the books book talks in further detail if you choose to at a later date but today we are going to start with our 10th book in our top 10 countdown is The Last Wish by Andreas Sapkowski. Sapkowski? I thought you had it written down. I did. (laughs) It's a weird name. Sapkowski. (laughs) It is um, the prequel to The Witcher. So if you guys watch the TV next Netflix series called The Witcher. There are a lot of similar stories in this book that we see played out on screen. And so for Don and I, we actually binge watched this whole entire series over winter break. So this was definitely in our top 10 because we really enjoyed the story and we haven't ventured into adult fantasy very much. And so this was a catalyst to help us kind of step our foot into adult fantasy. And Sapkowski did a very great job. So he is in our 10th spot. Yeah. And we both rated it a number five. We Yeah, we both gave it a five, even though it's in the 10th spot, which don't just ignore that. Uh, the Netflix show is a little different than the book in that in the book, which I loved even more, was it was a retelling of, of Grim Tales or maybe just traditional fairy tales. And I was... And it's not, like, obvious either. I'm reading it, and I'm like, hmm, this sounds familiar. And then you keep reading, and you're like, oh, I see what he's doing here. And you don't really expect a man to do that. I know that's kind of sexist, but you don't expect a man to write a retelling of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like, come on. So yeah, that was really cool about it. I actually like the book better than the show, which is typical. But you know what I mean? I it's a good agree. show. But it's worth your time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both. The book and the show is worth your time. All right. And our fourth spot is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by yeah. Suzanne Collins. Our ninth spot. Ninth spot. My bad. <laughs> and uh, I gave this a four originally. I did as well. I also gave this book a four. Yeah. I know a lot of people did not like this book because it was a long time in between the Hunger Games third book in this book and we were like well hey she's had a lot of time to develop snow first of all people were pissed that it was about snow because they were like ew why uh why not pick somebody better I wasn't upset about it because I like a good villain and I like a good villain 
origin story so i was cool with it this book was not without its problems though we i think ashley and i both really liked the first part it was the second part that was a little mm, look crappy but overall i think what we really liked about it is suzanne collins really did try to write some interesting themes here she was trying to say something about the hunger games world and comparing it to our current world so she was trying something here which is a lot that i could say about midnight sun because i don't think Suze or old girl was trying to do anything in that book but redeem <coughs> edward so at least suzanne collins was trying to write a critical book well, yeah, and I believe Don and I had one of the best book discussions we had had to date with this book. It is extremely good if you are running a book club and you want to just really get into the nitty gritty of the before the Hunger Games and how it all came to be and how Snow became the villain that he is. Was he born that way or did he you know, kind of grow into a villain. These are all things that, that you really learn about how his mind works. And it, it was a great, it was a great discussion book. Agreed. So that's why that one is at our number nine spot. And for number eight, we have chain of gold by Cassandra Clare. We all know who miss Clare is. Um, this is the last hours, uh, series that she is doing. And in this one, it's a Shadowhunter novel, novel where we meet Cordelia Car- uh, Carstairs. Mm-hmm. Carstairs? Are you saying? And we also meet James and Lucy Herndell. So you get thrown back into the world of fighting demons and vampires and witches and warlocks. And it's just overall it was a good book for us to get into because it's not a realm that we are super familiar with both don and i have only read either a whole series or only a few books by miss claire so it was nice to see how she intertwines all of those family trees together and so i gave this book a four because i had to do a lot of wiki lookups for this family tree I was a little lost, but you could still read it. (laughs) It's okay. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. And I, too, had to do a lot of wiki looking upping. And I read the Infernal Devices. So I was should technically have been familiar with this family. But I was still kind of I I had forgotten. I read I read that book when they first came out, that series. So it's been a long time for me what i liked about chain of gold i was a little worried too because i don't like the city of bones series at all i read book one and i was just like nope so i was a little worried but i think cassandra claire does relationships really well and i was really invested and the relationships between all of the friends and the romantic ones the action stuff with the demon i didn't really care about that (laughs) i was more interested in what was going on with lucy and james and the other friend what was his name the one that we really liked i can't remember but i liked him a lot and yeah so i'm excited for book two I'm 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 really excited for book two. I'm I'm hoping the characters whose name I cannot remember has a really good story. Oh yeah, what was his name? I Who? don't know. I don't know. I'm like really upset because we were both like pining for this guy. I know. <laughs> this was a very good book. If you want to be immersed in relationships, 
go for it. Go for it. You want a triangle? Go for it. You want, you know, unrequited love? Go, go for, for it. it. Like, however you name for it. <laughs> yep. So, yes, that was our number eight spot. All right, number seven. I did not write author's names. So, it's Woven in Moonlight by... Isabella Ibinez. Thank you. This kind of came out of nowhere. I gave this a four. I think I gave it a four. It's, I believe it's Mexican. I believe it's Mexican culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's your standard story of this, if I can remember, of these, this girl who and her people have been taken over and she has to fight for her country back. It's it's kind of that same old thing. But her power is weaving. And mm-hmm. that was new. I hadn't read that before. Actually, that's that's a lie. I have read it before, but it doesn't wasn't done as good as this one. It was cruel. That wasn't a really old book. She was a weaver. But anyway, this book did it really well. It was, I mean, the colors just kind of like lit up the page and it was really funny and um the food all sounded really great i just remember us talking about how y'all want mexican food now and we live in a town that has a lot of mexican restaurants so it's not like we can't go down the street and get something but i don't know it was it was it was was a book that we were not expecting to love we were like whoa Mm-hmm. And it's a debut novel. So for for us, like we really, and Dawn is a teen librarian, which you guys have heard us say before. Um, and she really enjoys finding new and upcoming authors for the library. And I had uh, found this book and I was like, Dawn, you need to read this. And she's like, who the heck is this person? And I was like, <laughs> it is really good. It's worth your time. The, the imagery in this book and the storytelling and the Hispanic culture and mythology, if you will, like that's not something we get every day. Um, and yeah, you could just taste the food coming off the page. You could see all the colors that, that were happening. It was, it was done so, so well. I gave this book a five because I was thoroughly happy with the whole story. I was like, you need to read this. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. In our uh, sixth spot, we have The Bromance Book Club by Lisa Kate Adams. We have actually reviewed all three books by Miss Adams on our podcast. No, we've only read two on our podcast. Sorry. We have read all three collectively, though, Mm -hmm. Don and I. So, we stumbled across this when it was, what did we call it, July? Our sexy month? Because there was nothing, there was was nothing else. There's nothing else coming out that we were looking forward to reading. So we deemed it romance month, which was great because it's beach time. You want to take a good book to the beach and here you go. This one was amazing because there, the way that the story is set up is the two people, Gavin and Thea. Thea, they're already married and they're really struggling with the concept of divorce and just marriage struggles in general. And so to see a romance book take a turn that way, where it's already two people who have committed to each other was extremely intriguing because we have all seen, you know, the guy pining after the girl or the girl like, Oh, I can never get a guy like that. Like we've seen this story so many times. So to see it, 
in reverse where they're already together, there's already a history there. It was way more appealing. And we really loved the whole idea of what a bromance book club is. You need to check it out on our podcast. Please do, because it is worth your time. I gave this book a five because I laughed out loud. I gave out fives a little bit more generously than Dawn does. Yes. Yes, you do. I think I have like four four on my list that I gave Wow. Wow. Okay. Don't be like, it's a 4.25, a 4.15, 4.75. I've even done like a 3.9. So. Okay. Yeah. This book is really worth your time because if you want a good belly laugh and just, it's an easy read. It's an easy read in a time where we need some good humor. Just, just go for it. It's worth your time. I would, this was another one where I was shocked. I was like, what the hell Ashley got me reading? <laughs> this was before, this was before I started reading. And then as I, at first I was nitpicking and I think I was texting you like, what the hell? And then after I just like let all the nitpicking go, I was like, you know what? I kind of like this book. <laughs> it was pretty good. I was shocked because I'm, I'm not a romance reader. And I was really mm-hmm. shocked that this was pretty good. I, I like, I like this one the most out of the three. So, yeah. yeah, I did too. Yeah. All right, number five is the okay. Is the series called Crescent City or is the book one yes. called House of Earth and Blood? Okay, so uh, the series the series is called House of Earth and Blood. Am sure? I right? I think it's I'm looking the other at way. Yeah. no, it's the other way. Crescent yeah. City is the series. The first book is called House of Earth and Blood. Okay, that's <laughs> Sarah J. Mass. I gave this, I think I gave it a solid four. Uh, I love the Throne of Glass series. The other series I, I couldn't really get into, but I was really excited to read her something adult by her, even though uh, Court of Thorns and Ruin, that is not right. Is that right? A Court of... No. <laughs> thorns and Roses. Court of Thorns <laughs> okay I, I it is considered adult but i don't know but this one is like a legit adult i'm sorry i just like butchered this book and ashley loves this series i'm sorry this book is legit le- adult and i was excited for it <laughs> she's trying really hard <laughs> to laugh at the they just can't <laughs> At least I know it didn't sound right. Like, that can't be right. Okay, no. so, um, what we liked about this book is, um, I like the new world. Uh, we were introduced to this world in Throne of Glass really quickly. It was like a breeze. If you missed it, it, it only happened in like three words in the, the last really? book of Throne of Glass. I think, at least what I liked about this book was I think that Mast is really good at uh, building new worlds and building new monsters and conflict and relationships. And I thought this book did it well with all of the many characters and all the relationships that they had in this book. I was looking a little bit for more sexy time. Didn't really get it, uh, which a lot of people were probably like, you know, I, I read a, a Sarah J. Mass book for the booty time and really didn't get much of it but that's okay hopefully it'll be in book two but it was a it was it was a lot of story it was a large book it was a lot of story but it was good 
and it were all, I just, okay I just remember like the beginning of it and I was like oh shit that happened <laughs> yeah I just like totally forgot about that moment so yeah it was it was it was never boring I can say for a brick of a book it was never boring I really did have a good time reading it yeah it's also a super quick read do not be turned away by how big this book is you will fly through it so quickly, regardless on how many times you pick up a book or not. And I do have to to counter what Dom was saying, you know, like the, the the world building, Moss does a great job at that. And because this book is so big, when we got it, I was like, oh, she's setting up a big story. She's not just easing us in. She is setting up this humongous story. So... I was all excited because Moss is known for her booty time. Mm-hmm. That's what she is known for. And so both Don and I are like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but <laughs> the story itself and how it starts, it just drags you in. And you're like, oh, that just happened. And it's still happening. And there's all these other key players just adding in. which It's just such a different take as to how she started her first series, the Throne of Glass series, where she starts small. And then the world just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the books keep getting bigger and True. bigger. And this one, she just throws you right in and is like, you yeah. better saddle up because we're going for it. Um, so this book I gave a four and a half because... What? Yeah, no, I did not give it a five. I I'm couldn't give shocked. it a five, remember? No. I couldn't give it a five because I think I was expecting this booty time and I didn't get it. Um, and there were also a few other areas where I think I just had set this book up on a pedestal and I didn't quite hit some criteria that I had set in my mind for it. Okay. But that was just a personal that was a personal thing mm-hmm. that so no I couldn't give it if I wanted to I remember like cringing telling you what I gave because <laughs> I was like just oh, gonna be like you abandoned her I didn't abandon her I still love her <laughs> okay so our fourth spot we read fable by Adrian Young this book is a really great sea novel if you will. It is all about pirates and treasure and, you know, trying to regain your name and to prove yourself to your father and like all of this whole thing. And I really liked this book. This is probably, this is the first book by Adrian Young that I've read and I was just sucked in at page two, you know, just, mm-hmm. I want to know what happens. So yeah, this book, I think I gave it a five, but talking with some friends, I think I pulled it down to a 4.5 because there was some things that happened in the romance where I was like, uh, uh, I liked it, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I gave it a four. I remember saying I'm giving it a reluctant four, but I think I'll, mm-hmm. after like talking about it with you, I gave it a solid four. Adrienne Young is a pretty solid author. I think everything she writes is pretty... I mean, she's not going to be your Sarah J. Mass level of, like, fanfare. Or who's a really good critical writer? She's not going to be a Maggie Steve Otter type of a critical writer. But she's also not fluff either. She's right in the middle and she's pretty consistent. So I would recommend reading anything by her because I think everything I've read by her has been pretty good. 
this was no exception. I did like the relationship with Fable and her father and the crewmates and the found family. Like, Adrienne Young is really good about sprinkling some pretty good themes, and she's always got pretty good heroines and a good romance. So, yeah, it was a solid read. I think most people really did enjoy this book who read it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, number three. We are in our top three was The Other Side of the Sky by Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner. Not a lot of people have read this book. I think it got overshadowed in the September publishing hype. September is a, September and October are really, really big publishing months. And it, it, I think it just kind of got lost in those mm-hmm. books. But this is a really, really good book. It's science fiction and fantasy. It is about a world in the sky and they're very advanced. And But then down below, they're kind of antiquated a little bit. And the below is the, the, the fantasy part. The above is the science fiction part because they have like hoverboards and machines and technology. And down below, they're still kind of living off of magic and all that stuff. So our main character, our female main character, I am so sorry I forgot everybody's name. <laughs> she is oh. she's a human goddess, why well, she looks it up. And Nim. 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 Yes. Nim? Yeah. yeah. She's uh she's a living goddess, not a human goddess. She's a living goddess. Her people have lost faith in her, and she finds a prophecy that says that somebody's gonna fall out of the sky and he's gonna save everything. And she finds the guy that's fallen out of the sky and his name is North, because it's a North Star. Get it. I remember. (laughs) I've read so many books, guys. Oh, God. But it's, it's, they, Megan Spooner and Amy Kaufman really do a good job of writing against trope, because this book could have been easily full of insta-love and all the familiar storylines that we've read about a villain and this person is a double stabber or a double stabber, a double agent and just like, just like all these dumb fantasy tropes that we're so used to but they really didn't do that and it kept the book really going well it was paced very well there's a cool cat in here that's another character and on itself the romance between them and north is sexy as hell even though you know it's really subtle but i loved it it ended on a cliffhanger the villain was great like i i don't think there was anything we did not like about this book i remember us saying there's not much I didn't like. I gave yeah. It, yeah, I gave it a four and a half. I thoroughly enjoyed this book. Yeah, I gave this book a five. Ashley, which is me, <laughs> I am the fantasy architect of this world, and I am all about world building. And so if you can pull something like this out of your butt, like, <laughs> and it works, um, I'm all for it, 100%. And the fact that we're mixing now science fiction and fantasy together, that is very tricky business because it was a definite, like, this is the science fiction part and this is the fantasy part. There was no, like, intermingling with it, whereas some people will use the word synonymously, and that's not the case here. Yeah. They do such a good job. Like, I want to know how they chose to write this book because it's between two authors, Hoffman and Spooner. Whether that was like, you're going to write, you know, North side and then you're going to write Nim's side and we're just going to make sure that everything, you know, is congruent and it all works 
well and whatever or if there was intersprinkling throughout the whole story i always wonder how authors who write duos like this i always wonder how they do it just from reading kaufman and spooner Kaufman writes more science fiction stories and Spooner writes more fantasy stories. So maybe Kaufman wrote North and Spooner wrote uh, Nim. It could have been like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe they just put it together that way. Yeah, it was, it is so well done, you guys. Like, I, Don and I at the end were like, come on. Yeah, I was come expecting on. that. It's got a good prophecy. Don loves a good prophecy. Don loves a good she, prophecy. She is all for it. <laughs> Also, one other thing, we like this book so much that when we redesigned our logo, we kind of modeled it after the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how much we like this book. We're like, oh, that cover's so great. <laughs> Even so thanks, it's guys, normal. for the inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're into our top two here. Getting exciting. Okay, so... Here's what's interesting about Don and I's top two. <laughs> if you cannot tell with our ratings in our uh, top ten here, we're kind of a little bit all over the place with, like, if it's a four or a five, um, but just generally overall with the story, what we gave it. Um, so for our second spot, this was Don's favorite book of yeah. 2020, mm-hmm. this season by N.K. Jemison. I, this was my first time in adult, like, fantasy world, like, being just thrown right in. I know nothing about what's going on. And there was so much world building and so many different things happening in this book that I had not read before as someone who is usually into YA fantasy realm that I was just taken aback by the amount of time and energy that it takes to create a world like this. It is exquisitely done. I was shocked. Now, the storyline, Ashley had a hard time following. (laughs) With the people, I had to ask lots of questions. (laughs) Yeah. But Dawn really liked this overall. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. I think when Ashley and I were originally putting our top 10, we had to compromise and come together with a one list. Ashley had it at number seven or eight. And it, it, I died a little bit when I when you said that. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, but luckily she worked with me and let me bring it <laughs> closer to the top of the list here. So I gave this a five. This, I listened to it. Did you listen to it or did you read it? I read it, which yeah. is why yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I had a hard time with the people. Yeah, I can understand that. It's a little um, lost. Yeah. I listened to it and I was actually listening to it at work on the reference desk. And, <laughs> <laughs> but I was working in the youth department and in the, oh shoot, that was a spider. Oh my God. It was right in my face. Oh, I thought I died. Oh my God. <laughs> died sorry did you see it did you see it on my screen oh god okay okay i'm alive okay anyway uh i was at the youth desk and that's gonna be hard for me to continue watching ashley laugh and it's in the morning and there are no kids there because they're all in school so i was just like hey nothing going on so i'm gonna listen to my book and i'm like 
waving my arms and like, oh my God, and oh my God. And, and at the reference desk at the library. But this world has something I have never seen before ever. And it's for someone who has been reading fantasy for at least seven years, consistently. Mm-hmm. I, I just knew I had read everything that you could possibly read in fantasy I have never in my life and it was not easy I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I picked it all up really quickly because I didn't I really had to do some research and try really hard to not get any spoilers because at one point I was so lost that I did have to like look some stuff up which I'm glad I did because it did help but just the world alone was fantastic the characters are just I haven't read anything like this ever and I was just so excited. It's always exciting when you read something for the first time and you're just like, oh my God, where has this been all my life? And so (laughs) clearly I gave this a five. This is probably going to be in my top overall. Like Ashley and I are going to do our own individual top tens because we read different books other than the books we podcasted. And this will probably be in the top two. Just, Mm -hmm. Just a little preview. Just a little breaking. All right. And number one, do you want to give a drum roll? Drum roll, please. <laughs> the Invisible the Life of Annie life LaRue. Of Annie LaRue. Yay. Uh, yeah, we just read this. Just read it. And well, I you wanted... read it this year, so I apologize. Huh? You read it twice this year. Yeah, I read it in June because I was perusing Edelweiss. If you don't know what Edelweiss is, it's a website where you can read eARCs, um, electronic advanced reader copies. And I just happened to be perusing on, and I was like, oh my God, V.E. Schwab has a new book. How did I not know about it? And I just like put everything on hold and like started reading it immediately. And that was in like June. And little did I know it was going to be like one of the more popular books of the year. And we just finished it. We just did a whole read-along. We broke it down over three weeks. So that's exciting. And just, I don't know. Why don't you start while I get my thoughts together? As far as like what we really loved about it. So we, we follow a girl who has made a deal with the devil, basically. Mm-hmm. She's made a deal with death. And... The whole point of the story is like you're you're always wanting to ask for more in your life. And if that was granted to you, what would it look like? Because there is always a sacrifice that has to be paid for you to get happiness. And this book, (laughs) I felt for Addie so much throughout this whole entire book. It is just gut-wrenching heartstrings being pulled all over the place. I have not read something like this in a very long time. Ashley is not for a story that's like not a happily ever after. Like (laughs) I really am not. And so I've had to like adjust what I like and to be okay with stories that leave me like, but this one, all of the feels, I just remember just being like, I just, I want to give her a hug. I want to be her friend. Like, I want to tell her it's going to be okay. Yeah, so this book, it's it's my number one because I have yet to feel an emotion like this in a very long time. And, yeah, my first book that I ever felt like this was with Sarah J. Mass, where I was like, what's happening? 
what is going on? So to have like these emotions where I'm like emotionally connected to this book and to each and every one of these characters, that's huge for me. So this is, I gave this a 4.5 because there was a little bit at the end where I was like, well, did that have to happen? But it's more like 4.55. Like it's right. It's right in those parameters for me. I... I often say on this podcast, I don't like the writing. I don't like the writing style. This V. Schwab is the exact type of writing style that I like. I like, there was a booktuber that described this type of writing style as purple prose bleeding all over the page. I love it. And she said it in a not so good way. Like she hated it. I love it. I love this poetic writing style. And that was huge for me. I did like all the characters, but I will say I liked Henry more than Addie. Mm-hmm. I could have read a whole book about Henry. I think he's probably one of the best characters I've read in a really long time. Just mm-hmm. how just how conflicted he was and all the things he was dealing with and how honest it was and how believable it was. It was just, his story was just great. And I did like the relationship between Addie and the, her demon, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave this a four and a half. I, I don't know why I couldn't quite give it a five. Sometimes I just know immediately when a book is a five and when it's not. And this just wasn't quite a five for me. I really wanted it to be. But man, it was close, though. It was, it was close. Very good. Because I had the same feeling. I feel like we both were like, I don't know why we can't give it a five. No. There's just something where you're just like, is it because like of of how things get played out like I don't I don't really know because I liked how things played out as well like I have I'm having these conflicting uh, viewpoints here but talk about someone who can write a very good poetic writing in a fiction story and the themes that are in this book are just outstanding the way that she describes her characters you get like one sentence and you know that person. You don't get a whole three, four pages of who Miss Susie Q is and what her hair looks like or whatever. She Schwab gives you a brief, brief sentence and it's like, oh, yep. And I know that they're going to be like this and like this and like, there you go. Done. Her writing is just incredible. So if you have not read it yet and you've listened to us talk about The Invisible Life of Addie Room now four times, you might want to check it out. <laughs> right? Yeah. Agreed. All right. That was our top 10 of 2020. Hopefully some of these made your list. And if they didn't, I hope that we have opened your eyes to a new book that maybe you didn't know about and that you are willing to cram in before the end of the year. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? say about no happy holidays universe yeah. thanks for hanging out with us this year yeah hopefully well we, there's no hopefully we will have more top of the year because that's my favorite time of the year is top 10 bottom 10 and all of the above and uh thank you for joining us and we will catch you in the next podcast Bye bye